see everybody. Good to see. Come on, how many of y'all excited to be in church? Come on now. 9.30. Excited. Good to be alive. Good to be alive. Well, we want to welcome you to Church of the King. I'm Pastor Steve. We're honored that you guys are here. What wonderful worship. How many of y'all appreciate the worship team? Did they do a great job? you one of you back there. A great job. And uh, it's wonderful to be in God's house. Well, we are excited to have you guys in church uh, this weekend. We've got a great message planned for you. Uh, we know that summer is coming closer and closer. Actually, summer arrived. Jeez, actually it arrived about two weeks, three weeks early. But anyway, we know for those of you that have kids, uh, kids, students will be getting out of school and lots of stuff. Lots of graduations this weekend, last weekend. Uh, Mother's Day weekend, so we're excited to have you uh, in church. We have a lot happening this summer. Vacation Bible schools and junior high camps and high school, all kind of stuff uh, going on. Uh, so I want to do two things. Number one, I do want to welcome you if you're guests. Uh, we know every weekend there's guests here at Church of the King. And let me tell you why. Because people like inviting their friends to church. That's a good thing. I would never go to a church that you didn't want to invite your neighbor to. And I really mean that. So we, let's, can we give it up for the guests? Man, we know you guys are here. Glad to have you here. I mean that. Glad to have you here. There is a card behind the chair for all the guests. If you wouldn't mind, take a moment. You can fill that out. Place that in our offering as it goes by in a moment. Uh, we're not going to show up at your house today, I promise you. We just want to send you a letter thanking you for coming to church, all right? So let's turn our eyes to the screen, check out some of these announcements coming up, and I'll be right back in just a moment. You know, I, I don't get to view the announcements before you guys. I don't, like, preview them. <clears throat> and it's awesome just to sit back and watch uh, all the things that are going on in the church. Uh, again, today, small groups sign up. We have thousands and thousands of people in small groups. We do three semesters, fall, 
uh, kind of the winter, spring, and then summer. Uh, it goes for about 10 weeks this summer. We'd love uh, to have you guys a part of that. Also, uh, serve day in July. It's amazing. You know, yesterday, I didn't even know this, uh, but yesterday I got a text from somebody that we did, I think it was Freedom. Is that it? In, in, in Punk Correctional Prison. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Is that awesome? Isn't that amazing? That is awesome. You know, this morning, right now, in the Orleans Justice Center and St. Tammany Parish Jail, there's probably between around 2,000 men and women uh, that are watching us live every week. Can we just give it up for all those that are, we're so excited to have you guys with us. So excited. I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about, uh, we had a meeting this week, our lead team and our campus pastors, and we were talking about just even the growth in the church. Uh, we've grown, I think, around 8 or 9, 10% uh, since January at all of our campuses. Here's, here's a great statistic. We had a the record day, 104 people water baptized on one Sunday, uh, the weekend after Easter. Can we give God a hand clap for that? Isn't that awesome? Uh, over 100 people water baptized. And, and you know, you know something, whether it's uh, the church growing, whether it's reaching out in our community, our, our children's ministry, which I'm so excited about our children's, but this summer, I have an eight-year-old. I have a, a daughter in college. I have a son that's going to college. I have another son who'll be a senior, but I have an eight-year-old who, and I'm so grateful that every week, she's excited. She ran in there. She's got her Bible. I'm so grateful that our children's ministry is not glorified babysitting, but they actually put the word of God in the hearts of kids to raise them up to be world changers. Man, that's awesome. So whether it's in children's ministry, our student ministry, reaching out to the community, all of our, all of that is possible. And I want to just thank you guys. All of that is possible because you're faithful tithing every week. That's the truth. The truth is we couldn't do all this. We couldn't have the worship ministry. We couldn't have, Josh, you're cool. You're anointed, but you're cool. I could never wear what you're wearing. I, would try, I tried for a month. It didn't work. But anyway, so. But we appreciate Josh that we got someone from Texas. And you're not going back. Anyway, I hate losing to Texas. But anyway, so <laughs> I got so many friends bastard over there. But we're grateful. All of this, whether it's worship ministry, whether it's all that we do in the prisons, all that we do uh, serving our community, our children's, all of that is because of your tithing. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you so much for your every year since day one of Church King. Every year we've grown stronger financially. Every year we've grown uh, numerically. And that's why we're able to do what we're able to do. So I want to thank you guys. I don't do this much. I hope that I do it more. I wish I'd do it more. But just thank you for your faithfulness. I mean, there's so many people that are they're giving their time. By the way, uh, that they're now, I think it's over 50% that give online as well. Uh, and of course, that's great for the summertime. A lot of people traveling, whether it's text giving or and it's, it's just every week. So I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness and your tithing and your giving over and above offerings, whether to missions, the poor, the different projects that are going on, it's allowing the church to grow, people to be saved, people to be water baptized, kids to get the word of God in their heart, our community to be transformed because of your faithfulness and giving. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Come on, can we do that? And thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, ushers, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and get in place, and let's just come before the Lord and honor Him in our giving. And Father, we're so grateful, God. I'm just, I'm just humbled and amazed. And even this week, sitting in meetings, hearing about all the plans that You've got for all that You're doing now, all that You have done, what I believe that You want to do through this church. Lord, we're not the only church in this area. There's lots of great churches, but we're a part of what You're doing. We're a part of Your team. 
And I thank you, Father, every week for the faithful tithing of the people of this church. It's because of their generosity and faithfulness and giving that it makes it possible for us to continue to grow and reach people and build people and see people one to faith in Christ. Lord, we're so grateful for that. 104 people water baptized. God, we're believing for over 500, 600 people this year alone to be water baptized that have trusted in you as their Savior and publicly declared that they belong to you. Lord, bless your people. Prosper them. I pray whether they're giving in this weekend's offering or online this week, God, or text giving, it's all worship to you. We put you first. We love and honor you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, we give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, can we do that? God bless you as you give. I'll be right back to teach in just a moment.
I want to welcome all of our campuses to week three of our series called The Advocate, Helper, Comforter, Friend. Come on, can we just welcome all the campuses joining us right now? So excited to have every single one of you with us. Well, we are in a series. We'll finish up next week on the Holy Spirit. By the way, uh, this is important in the church calendar, but uh, this is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, what is Pentecost Sunday in the church calendar? Actually, uh, in the Jewish calendar, it's important. But the Jewish calendar is based often upon the feasts. And so we know, uh, according to Scripture, that Jesus died on a very important Jewish feast. Does anybody know what it was? Passover. So it was pa Again, he was, behold the Lamb of God, John said, his cousin, John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That was Jesus. So he dies on Passover. That's why all the Jewish people had, had come into Jerusalem. And so, but 50 days after Passover is a, another very important feast uh, to the Jewish people, and that is the Feast of Pentecost. Now, what's interesting about Pentecost is that's the day uh, that, uh, that the Lord chose to pour out his spirit. Very important. Forty days after the resurrection, Jesus ascends on Mount of Olives. He sits down at the right hand of the Father. And in Acts chapter 2, he pours out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is a day uh, that the church, the global body of Christ, celebrates. We celebrate the outpouring of the Spirit. It's the Spirit, one body, one Spirit, that we are all together as born-again believers worshiping the resurrected Christ. It's a very powerful day. I didn't actually plan it this way where this weekend fell uh, on this, but I think it's apropos that we are talking today about the Holy Spirit. We're actually answering that question. What question? Here it is. The question that Jesus asked, <clears throat> actually the statement he made, and we asked the question, why? Why would Jesus say it's better for him to go away? Why, why would Jesus, who walked with his disciples for three years, turn and say to his closest friends, hey, it's actually benefit, it's a benefit to you. It behooves you. It accrues to your benefit for me to go away. Why? Because if I don't go away, then I'm not going to be able to send the helper. I want to talk to you about what does that mean, that helper today. Why it was so important. If you weren't here, I'm going to give you a one-minute recap the last two weeks. Week one. I talked about the Holy Spirit is not a divine force like Luke Skywalker, Star Wars. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. 
He has intelligence. He has a will. He has emotions. Pastor, is that scriptural? It sure is. Technically speaking, God the Father is where, according to the Bible? That wasn't a trick question. My gosh. I'll give you the study guide. I'll give you the hints. You can cheat off my paper. Technically speaking, where is God the Father? Technically speaking, where is the second person in the Trinity, God the Son? Seated at the right hand. Technically speaking, then, God the whom? God the Holy Spirit is the one in the earth today. It's God the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, can be grieved. Paul said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We talked about that in the book of Ephesians. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Here's what it means. It means don't vex. Okay, pastor, break it down. Don't, watch this, don't sadden the Holy Spirit. What? You mean the, the Holy Spirit can be sad? That sounds crazy. Is that in the Bible? It sure is. Three of Jesus' best friends in the Gospels were not just Peter, James, and John, but, but those that were not apostles were Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, brothers and sisters. And Jesus heard about Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, and the Bible says when he heard about him, listen, that he passed away. The Bible says he sat down, shortest verse in the Bible, and it said, and Jesus did what? Wept. If the second person in the Trinity can feel sadness and weep, why do we think that the third person in the Trinity can't feel the same? And that's why the Bible says don't quench the Holy Spirit. How do we quench the Holy Spirit? How do we sadden the Spirit? When we say things that are not uplifting but are, de, but are de, de, demeaning to people, when we, when we don't respond in faith to the promptings of the Spirit, when we, when we quench, when we harden our hearts to the voice of the Holy Spirit, when we know God's talking to us. So the Holy Spirit, listen, you can ignore him. You can, you can ignore a force, but you cannot ignore a person. If somebody walks into the room, a person, you ignore them. It hurts their what? It hurts their say it. It hurts their feelings. In the same way, God the Holy Spirit has emotion. That was week one. Week two, last week I talked about, and I centered it on that word, the helper. The helper. I had a person tell me the most one time, Steve, whenever you teach the Holy Spirit, it's almost like you're just kind of bringing God down to our level. I said, I'm not doing that. God did that himself. Now, we're not God. Don't misunderstand me. But number one, the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, came to our level as a man, and he died on a cross. And then, watch this, when he sat at the right hand of the Father, sent the Holy Spirit to come to us, and Jesus uses the language. I'm going to show you in a moment. He calls the Holy Spirit the helper. Last week, we talked about what does he help us in. Well, I gave you three things, and I could have given you just a huge list, but here's three. Number one, he helps to, let's see if you guys remember last week. Let's see if you actually are listening. Number one, he helps to lead us into what? Truth. You get an A. He helps to lead us into truth. I talked about last week when we read the Bible, how there's times where there's one verse that just, boom, explodes off the page. Number two, I said, it's the Holy Spirit, watch this, that helps us in what? Prayer. You ever had a dry prayer time before? I know I have. I've tried to pray, and this seems like just, man, nothing's really happened. That's why, that's why we need, watch this, we need the breath of the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the activity of God's Spirit. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that, 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 that energizes our prayer life. Number three, I talked about, it's the Holy Spirit that also helps us to become like Christ in our character. We don't become God, but in our character, the nine fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. 
So we, 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 we begin to, as we yield to the Spirit of God, it's the Spirit of God that produces the fruit of the character of Christ in our heart. Today, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you about the power of the Spirit. I want to talk to you about what happens in our life when we are filled with power. Now, I'm going to ask three questions throughout the message. Here's my first. How many of you would be honest enough to say there's been times in your life where you have lacked, listen, confidence in standing up for Christ, and quite honestly, you've been a little bit shy, a little bit apprehensive, somewhat scared maybe that people have found out that you're a Christian, that you're a follower of Christ, and you've lacked a boldness in your witness for Christ. How many of you would be honest enough to raise your hand and say, there's been a time, Pastor, where I've lacked that in my life? Okay, I'll say I have. I know that I have. All right, if you've raised your hand, all right, let me say this, you're in good company. Not with me, yes with me, but with much greater than myself. With, well, listen, actually with one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. Do you remember there was an apostle, the three amigos with Jesus, the three closest friends to Jesus that were apostles were Peter, James, and John. So Peter, who was very close to Jesus, very connected to Jesus. Matter of fact, the Bible says John was at the crucifixion with the mother of Jesus and the only other disciple that was mentioned that was somewhere around the crucifixion was right, at, was, 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 was right before the crucifixion as he was going to be tried. And that was Peter. He, and Peter is following Jesus. The Bible says at a distance. He comes into a courtyard. Don't miss this. And a woman says to him, a peasant girl, the Bible says, and says, hey, 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 time out. Aren't you one of those Jesus people? And the Bible says that Peter said, that's not me. Second time, the, 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 the lady says, hey, aren't you, you're, you're one of those followers of Jesus, aren't you? And he says, no, I'm not. The third time, the third time the Bible says that she asked him, he actually cursed and said, no, I'm not. And of course, we know that, that, a, that, a, that a bird crowed. I want you to fast forward that is called the denial of Jesus. If you ever go to Israel, there's a, there's a, a Catholic church uh, that, that it's right over that commemorates that little thing and kind of the denial of Jesus, and it's, it's the church of Calientu. And it's, it's an interesting church, and you go in there and you kind of see where Jesus... And how would you like a whole church celebrating when you deny Jesus? <laughs> or commemorating, let me say it that way. They're like, well, no, Peter. But this is so powerful. You ready? Let's fast forward 50 days. Boom! Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He ascended up, Acts chapter 1. And the Holy Spirit has poured out, Acts chapter 2. Who do you think that Jesus chose to be the first proclaimer of the good news on the day of Pentecost? The first preacher of the New Testament church. Who do you think it was? It was Peter, the denier of Jesus. Listen to me closely. How could he deny Jesus in a courtyard 50 days before, and now he stands up with boldness to preach? I tell you, it wasn't a different Peter. There was a different power in his life. Are you with me? Something happens to a Christian when they're filled. Everybody say filled. When you're filled with the power of God. Same personality, you have the same, you know, facial structures. I'm still 5'11 and a half, all the, all, but, but there's a, the power of God transforms somebody's life. 
I want to talk to you about what happens in us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. How transformation, there's a power. Now, I want to qualify, I want to say a couple of things. When you give your heart to Christ, when you trust Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit, watch this, comes to live on the inside of you. The Bible says no one can call Jesus Lord except by the Spirit in their heart. But today I'm not talking about being born again when the Spirit comes to live within you. Today I'm talking about being filled with the Spirit where the Spirit comes upon you and the Spirit moves through you in power where it's not just the Spirit for you, it's the Spirit through you for others, being filled with the Spirit. There's some terms that are used in the Bible that, that I want to I I help, uh, help you guys. There's, there's the term, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, the Spirit poured upon, the anointing of the Spirit. And in essence, they all mean the same thing. What they really mean is, for instance, the word baptism with the Spirit. The word baptism, the Greek word baptism means baptizo, and it means to be immersed. So what does it mean when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? It means you're immersed in God's presence. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It means this. It doesn't mean that I'm a Christian, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm not a Christian. What it means is, it's like this. You're a car, and sometimes you run out of gas, and you need to get refueled. Does that make sense? Pastor, when do you need to get refilled? When you have challenges that are bigger than you. That's called every day. Are you with me? I, need, I don't know about you, but I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit every day. I need to be filled. I'm not getting resaved. I'm getting refilled. Why? Because I leak. We all do. I say that respectfully in church. There's a, there's, there, there, there's a sense of where, when we get squeezed and when we get persecuted. By the way, Linda, the girl that, that, the two girls that led me to Christ, Linda, when we had that Bible study, I think I told you week one uh, in our series, Linda, when she, when she, she got us together and, and, and we read in the scripture about the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. My name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know I'm going to heaven if I die. There's no question at all. And the Holy Spirit's living on the inside of me. Can't be a Christian unless the Spirit lives on the inside of you. But I wasn't walking in the fullness of the Spirit. I wasn't walking in the power of the Spirit. She starts opening the Scripture, some of the Scripture I'm going to show you today. And I was amazed. I was like, I want more of God's presence. I want more of God's power. And I'm telling you, something tangibly happened in my life that night. Because I cried out for God's presence. And I, I, I believe I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe there was a fresh infilling of the Spirit. And by the way, that's not a one-time experience. You need to be filled with the Spirit. Interestingly enough, there was the great preacher, Dwight L. Moody, who was a great, great, pa uh, great past became a great pastor, evangelist. Dwight L. D. L. Moody, and he has Moody, Moody Bible Church today and seminary and all that up in Chicago. And, and there was, he was preaching in, in America and all across, uh, back and forth between England. And there was these two ladies that came up to him that aggravated him. Here's what they said. Say, Dwight, you need the power of God in your life. He's like, what are you talking about? Thousands are being saved in my ministry. You need the power. We're praying for you that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Two, two ladies. Older ladies, kind of prayer warrior, intercessor ladies. Man, don't mess with them. You know what I'm talking about. And, and so the day happened. He was in prayer, and the power of God came on. And he got up, preached the same message, but more got saved. And there was just a, there was an anointing in his life. And he went back, and, and he walked up to these two ladies because they would go to his crusades, and they'd pray for him. And they said, what happened, Dwight? And he said, your prayers work. He said, it wasn't about our prayers. It was God decided to fill you that day. Listen to me closely. This is so important. You and I need to be filled. Everybody say filled. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, I want to build some context again. John 14 verse 16 says this, and I will pray the Father. This is Jesus. 
I'll pray the Father and he will give you another what? Say it. Okay, that's in the Bible. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the helper. We need a lot of help. I need a lot of help. You need a lot of help. The, the helper that he may abide with you forever. Now I'm going to show you something that's interesting. Next verse, watch this. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells what? What's this word? And will be what? Say it. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God lives in us as believers. Now this is very, very important. Jesus is talking to these disciples. Remember this. Technically speaking, before the day of Pentecost, technically speaking, in the Gospels, the New Testament apostles, but prior to Pentecost, technically speaking, the Spirit was not living in them the same way not living in the Old Testament prophets, priests, and kings. The Spirit was resting upon them. But after the day of Pentecost, matter of fact, Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 24. Here's what he said. He says, I want you to wait. I'm giving you this message, and this message will change the whole world. But... You need a power. You've got, listen, you've got a message, but you need a power, the power of the Holy Spirit attached to that message in order to see transformation take place. And that's why he says, behold, I said, this is after the resurrection. Passover, crucifixion. (laughs) Resurrection, Sunday morning. He appears to people for 40 days, the Bible says. Over 500, 1 Corinthians, Paul says 500 people. He appears to his 11 apostles. Judas had hung himself multiple times throughout this thing. And right at the end of Luke, he says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but you should go wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with what? Say it. How many of us run out of, run out of the house in the morning and we go to work and we've not waited to be endued with power from on high? How many of us run into our schools and our studies and on campus and we've not called out to God and waited upon the Lord and, and we've not been endued with power? This is not about being a Christian. How many of you know the disciples were Christians? The apostles. This was about being filled with power. We need fresh power. Listen, to be the mom you want to be, to be the dad you want to be, the single person, the, 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 the architect, the plumber, the doctor, the, 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 the electrician, whatever. Listen, we all of us need to be endued with what? Come on, say it. Power from where? On high. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the promise of the Father. So, so, technically speaking, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out, since that day until this day, the Holy Spirit is in the earth today. And the Holy Spirit, by the way, is talking to people. Number one, he's talking to unbelievers. What is he saying to unbelievers? Three things. This is what he's saying according to Jesus, John chapter 16. He's saying three things. Number one, he's convicting them of their sin. What is the sin an unbeliever is convicted of? It's the sin of rejecting Christ. Not their sins. It's only one sin. It's the sin of rejecting Christ. Jesus said this, John 16. He says, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he'll convict the world of sin, of God's righteousness. What is he doing? The Holy Spirit's trying to point the, the lost to Christ, showing them their need for Christ, and then what Christ did on the cross for them, how he died was bare. And then he's also, by the way, he's also convicting the world of the judgment to come. That's what the Bible says. Wow, Pastor, this is like, woof. Well, where is he? What else is he doing? Well, he's living in believers. He's leading us into truth. He's helping us in our prayer life. He's he, he's, he's helping us to become more like Christ, but I want to go a third step. He's also filling, anointing 
coming upon believers. Watch this, because Christianity is not a solo sport. God doesn't want us just me and Jesus, and it's just we're just going to just hide out until the rapture. No, it's He wants us filled with power because He's given us a purpose, and the purpose is to influence this world for Christ. Have you ever noticed why God did not kill you after you became a Christian? I'm, I'm serious. Get him up quick. Beam him up, Scotty. I mean, just get him out of here. I, that's, that's Star Trek. If you're under 40, you have no clue what I just did. God left us here because he has a purpose. Everybody say purpose. But for your purpose, you need fresh power on a daily basis. And that's what the infilling of the Holy Spirit is all about. All right, second question. What does it mean? I, I do want to say this. This is a little bit of a promo, and I just want to just push it out here. That's why we, we teach a whole session in freedom groups. How many of y'all have been through freedom? All the campuses. How many of y'all? I think we've had five or 6,000 people through freedom. We're going to be starting, I think, next week or two weeks. Is that right, guys? In two weeks, freedom. By the way, we teach a whole session on the Holy Spirit, and we pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit it kind of, kind of on the, 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 the retreat. It is phenomenal. All right, so I just want to just encourage you guys. We do a Friday night here at the Little Creek campus. All the campuses come, and it's awesome. And it culminates Saturday in the Saturday night service, and it's awesome. You got, you got a 1,000 people on the floor filled with the Spirit. If you can't preach to that, get out the ministry. <laughs> it's like electric in this place. It's awesome. So I want to answer two questions. I'll close. Here's my second question. My first one was about boldness. Second, what does it mean then to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean? Here's what it means. When you get saved, the Spirit comes to live within you. When you get filled with the Spirit, watch this, the Spirit comes upon you, fills you, and moves through you. Acts chapter 2, the early church, 120 people went into the upper room and prayed. Peter preached the first gospel message. 3,000 got saved. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Praying in other languages is just amazing. Two chapters later, the same people that got filled with the Spirit, watch what the same ones that got filled. Watch what happens, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. I'm building a case that you need to be filled with the Spirit over and over and over, that we need, to, we need a fresh infilling. The same ones that were filled in Acts 2. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. This is the same group. And they were all what? Say it. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the Word of God with boldness. So they were filled in Acts chapter 2, but now they're refilled. Pastor, how often do I need to be filled? Again, the challenge was they were being per persecuted for their faith. And because they were being persecuted for their faith, there was a hunger and a need for fresh power in their lives. And when they were filled, they spoke the word of God with boldness. You know, I often have people ask me, Pastor, why is it that we hear miracles, more miracles in different countries and you know, and, and not so much in the United States. Maybe it's because we've not needed miracles like we're about to need them. Maybe it's because we've lived in a Judeo-Christian framework in the United States where it's kind of, you kind of got extra credit for being a Christian. Now you kind of get demerits. You know what I'm talking about? It's not cool anymore. Oh, you're a Christian. Ah, you're a hater. Well, maybe we need the power of God now today like we did in the past because we actually have a little bit of persecution. Come on, are you all with me or not? So I, I need, I need, not as a pastor, but as a Christian, the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. So, Pastor, are you telling me you can be a Christian and not walking in the fullness of the Spirit? That's what I, the Bible teaches. Ooh, wow. Acts chapter 8, here's what it says. Now, when the apostles, I'm building a case. I'm trying to provoke you to get hungry every day to be filled with the Spirit. 
And when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, remember, it was Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts. This is the second level right here. They're moving out. They're moving up to the north is what they're doing above Jerusalem. And when the apostles heard, were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Look at this next verse. Who, when they'd come down, prayed for them that they might receive who? Say it. The... Right, now watch this next verse. This is important. Look at verse 16. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been one of the 104 baptized at Church of the King right after Easter. <laughs> These are Christians. They've been water baptized. They hugged Pastor Blake when they were coming out of the warm tub. They got a certificate and a t-shirt. But the apostle says, you need more. Are you with me? That's good preaching, Pastor. That's really good preaching. I'm not saying they weren't Christians. I'm saying they needed to be filled. Everybody say filled. Pastor, hmm, I've never heard this. What's in the Bible? It's all over the Bible. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. That's why St. Paul said it this way. He says, "Be do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be, what's it? The, the Greek word filled isn't actually, the, it's the present continuous action. So you could actually say it like this. This, is, this would be better. But be continually being filled with the Spirit. Because I, I need more of God's presence in my life today than I even actually did yesterday. And I'll need to, more tomorrow than I actually did. Why? Because the challenges get bigger. The, the responsibilities get greater. So I need more of God's presence. You and I need more of God's power in our lives. So, so, so Paul said, be continually being filled with the Spirit. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It means we're a Christian. The Spirit lives within us. All right, the Holy Spirit is in us. But the fullness of the Spirit is when the Spirit comes upon us, fills us with power, and then begins to flow through us, which leads me to the third and final question. Here's the third and final question. Why is it then important to be filled with the Spirit? And the reason why is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Why is it important? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be what? Say it. Witnesses. The reason why it's important to be filled with power is the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, equips you with power for your purpose, for your God-ordained purpose, to be an effective witness for Christ in the earth. That's what it's about. How can we be a witness to a, to a, to a world that desperately needs Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit? I wrote this down. I said, Jesus tells us, this is so important. That we, By the way, this is all the words of Christ. It's right before the ascension. He's on the Mount of Olives. So, so in other words, I am to be filled so that I can be spilled. Not distilled and stuck on a shelf. Does that make sense? Now let me push it out here just a little bit, all right? For some of you guys that maybe... You know, that been part of church in the past where there's a, you know, a lot of conversation about the Holy Spirit, which we have a lot here. But, but remember this. This is very, very important. The Holy Spirit, this is so critical that you understand this. God does not fill us with His Spirit just so that we can feel good. We get to feel good, but that's the byproduct of being used by God. Does that make sense? The byproduct of being used by God is God fills us. Everybody say filled. Let me give you a couple more things. I'm almost finished. 1 Corinthians 12 says it this way. But the manifestation of the Spirit, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, is given to each one of us for the profit of who? Say it. 
So in other words, I've used this analogy before. We are Domino's pizza delivery people. That's who we are. God makes the pizzas. He gives them to us. We put them in our car, and then we go, listen, then we go, and we deliver them to the people that need them. So, so, so watch this. Watch the little pizza that we're bringing. Look at verse 8. Here it is. For each one is given the word of wisdom. So here's where I think some people miss it sometimes, myself included. We think the power of the Holy Spirit is just so that we can be wise or so, so that we can have the supernatural knowledge of God. Look at the next verse right here. Or, or that we can have gifts of healings and all that stuff. No, 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 no. The gift of healing is not for you. God wants to give you the gift of healing so that the people that are sick can be healed. What happens is, is that sometimes that we stop before we get to the person's house and we eat the pizza and go, oh, I only got the box. <laughs> Does that make sense? We need the power of God at Church of the King because there's a lost and dying, broken world out there. And we want to make sure that we give them the pizza now. Here's the cool thing about it. God will give you an extra pizza for you to eat along the way. Just don't eat their pizza. That's good. That's so good. That's so good. And this is where I think that some people, they all start watching one another. Look at how they're eating pizza. Look at how they're eating pizza. We want to be delivery boys, delivery girls. We want to be a delivery system for the power. God wants to see the world transform, but he needs conduits to release his power through. I want to be that. How about you? Come on. Anybody want to be that? All right, I got five minutes. Let me give you three things that we can do. So, Pastor, all right, I got it. I want to be, I, I be filled with the Spirit. Stay with me. This is important. Number one, ask. Ask. Every day, ask. Luke chapter 11, please stay with me. Luke chapter 11, here's what the Bible says. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Now, do you know the context? This is usually taken out of context. This is actually... Now, you can use this and extract, you can apply this to different things, but this is actually in the context of asking to be filled with the Spirit. You're going to see that in just a moment. Look at verse, verse 10 right here. Uh, For everyone who asks receives and seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. All right? That's awesome. If a son asks for bread, a son of father, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Look at verse 12. Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Verse 13. If you then, being evil, human in your instincts, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the what? Say it, the? To those who what? Say it. I actually had a person one time say to me, Pastor, I'm so scared to ask to be filled with the Spirit because what if I receive a demon? God's not into that. If you're asking God, to fill you with his spirit, you're not going to get a demon. Does that make sense? You're going to get filled with the spirit. That, that's, that's what it is. So number one, everybody say ask. Oh, gosh, I got so much to say. <sighs> let, me, let me just jump to the second. Let me, let me just jump to the, the I, I got a lot to say. I'm not sure you can bear it. <laughs> All right, let me, go to, let, me, let me go to this one. Here it is. Number two, receive. Everybody say receive. Okay, so, so I'm asking. What am I asking? I'm not getting saved. I'm asking to be filled. All right? Now I'm receiving. Okay, so what does it mean? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, and there's no shadow of turning. So I'm asking. So when, what, what, how do I receive? So in the morning, this morning. Before church, not because I'm a preacher, pastor, whatever you want to call me. It's because I'm a Christian. I did it yesterday morning and the day before. 
So what I like to do in the mornings, all right, I'm getting real practical here, as I, I, I like to lift my hands, and I'll just, this is like the sign of receiving. I'm just like, I'm, I just ask Jesus, I, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. I just need more of you today. God, I'm asking you, you what is the word bat? It means to be immersed. I want to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. God, fill me with your spirit. So the spirit of God within me is flooding my soul, mind, will, and emotions. The power of the spirit is coming upon me. The spirit of God is flowing. And so I'm asking, Lord, fill me. And so I'll just begin to sing to God, just begin to worship God. By the way, that, that's, why, that, that's why there's something about being asking and receiving. There's something, up, there's something about worship music. That's why I put Pandora in your car and put it on worship music. And there's just, you know, you're, there's something about that. I'm not suggesting other music's not bad, but I've never been filled with the spirit listening to country music. And so there's something, uh, don't judge me. I'm not saying it's wrong. I've just never been filled with the spirit. Listen, okay. But there's something about, there's something about worshiping and singing. And, I, and, and, and so I'm asking God. Everybody say ask. Everybody say receive. Now, let me give you the third one. Here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Step out, take a risk. So the Holy Spirit starts talking to you. God starts talking to you, and then he taps you on the shoulder and tells you to go pay for somebody, you know, to, at, 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 at a restaurant or do something like that. Or listen, 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 listen. Or you hear that somebody's sick. Now, this is radical. This is radical. Somebody's sick and say, again, we believe in doctors. We have lots of doctors, medical people in our church. But how about this? If the Holy Spirit prompts you, how about you say to them, hey, would you mind if I pray for you? What, what, what if? Well, pastor, I don't know. What if I pray for them and nothing happens? What if you pray for something, pray for them and something does? Are you with me? What if? What if? What if? See, this is what the point is. Don't protect God, just obey God. Don't try to protect God's ego. He doesn't, trust me, he's fine. Well, if I pray and then God, no, we, we, we don't have to manage outcomes. We need to respond to obedience. Don't manage the outcome. So let's, hey, want to pray for him. We're going to pray for it. We just believe the Holy Spirit, God, and God can do something great. Now, I'm not talking about being crazy, walking into a restaurant. Hey, every one of you, bow your heads. We're about to pray. I'm not, that's, I'm not talking about that. I don't, I'm not, but what I am talking about is you're walking with Jesus. You're filled with the Spirit. You're moving in the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. God speaks to you. How about at work time? You, you go up to work. What if God gives you a word of knowledge, which is a fragment of his insight in a situation that previous to that moment you would have no, it's not book knowledge that you learn in university. I'm into that. I've done that. What if God gives you a word of knowledge to somebody and says, listen, I, I know this is crazy, but I was just praying for you this morning and, man, I felt like God shared this with me. And, and man, if there's anything I can do, and maybe they start crying and say, how did you know? And you have to then say, I didn't, but God shared that with me for you. Delivery person. Delivery person. I, listen, what would happen in our church if we were all crying out to be filled with this, thousands and thousands of people, church, what would happen to the community? Man, I tell you, it'd be a, it would be an incredible place to be. Our families, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to stand right now. I'm going to ask our prayer team, if they wouldn't mind coming forward.
Our worship team's going to come out. I'm going to end the service here in one minute, but, but I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to just model a prayer that I pray every day. And then if you need prayer, maybe you've never heard teaching on what it means to be filled, filled with the Spirit. There's something about getting prayer, and they just want to pray for you to, Lord, fill them with the Spirit. And um, just bow our heads. Can we just come before the Lord right now? If you feel comfortable putting your hands out like this in front of you, I just want to model what I, what I do each day. And th- this, is, this is what I'll do. And maybe you want to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I ask you today to fill me with your Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill my life. So I'll pray something like that, and then I'll just wait upon the Lord. I'll just wait upon the Lord. I'll sit in my backyard. I was doing it this morning. And I'll just, Lord, fill me. And then I'll just pause. There's something about waiting upon the Lord. We're, we're in a rush. <clears throat> but there's something about waiting. The old timers called it tearing. They did. They called it just waiting upon the Lord. Lord, fill me. And then the Lord will fill you. And then you begin to worship the Lord and speak out. And the presence of God will fill your heart. And God will fill your life. And the glory of Christ, the presence of God. You can feel God's presence right now just when you begin to call out to God. That's not me auto-suggesting that. It's in worship time where some of you guys have said, man, I don't know why, Pastor. I just start crying in worship. It's not because something sad's up here. You're sensing the presence of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in us. Lord, make us thirsty and hungry for you. Hungry and thirsty for the presence of God. Lord, we, we don't... We, Lord, produce in us... Produce in us a thirst... You said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. But we hunger, we hunger for you today. In just a moment, I'm going to walk off the stage, but our, our team's going to be here. If you need prayer to be filled with the Spirit, I'm just going to ask you to come forward. Our team's going to pray, and we'll be here. we got 45 minutes before the next service. Lord, bless your people as they go forth this day. Lord, may this be a summer where we're filled with the Spirit. I pray, thank you for next week, Lord. We just, Lord, just filled with the Spirit of God. In our cars, filled in the morning, filled with the Spirit of God. The worship in this church, filled. The small groups, the outreach, filled. Baptized, saturated with the presence of God. Lord, I bless your people as they go forth this day. In the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. I'm going to ask you if you'd like prayer, you can come forward. God bless you guys. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. In Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the earth.